Hello, welcome to the latest edition of the ALS Association Greater Philadelphia Chapter Podcast. This is our last podcast of 2015, and we hope to have some more exciting episodes with interesting topics in the next year coming ahead. I'm your host, Tony Heil, the Director of Communication and Public Policy here at the Greater Philadelphia Chapter. Uh, today's guest is Steve Hildebrand, whose wife, Heather Hildebrand, has been living with ALS for a couple years now, and he's going to be discussing some of the events they take part in, uh, being a family caregiver, especially to a young mother with ALS, uh, and what it's like being a father in that situation as well. Uh, so we share a few things in common, some things we don't. For example, I like a team that's uh, good for football, and he likes the Ravens. So, so we'll have some differences back and forth. Um, so before we start, you can go online and find out more about how you can get involved at www.alsphiladelphia.org. You can volunteer, donate, advocate, uh, or just find out some other events or find information at alsphiladelphia.org. Uh, you can join a Walk to Defeat ALS on there as well. And, of course, go on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, we have a Tumblr account that is rarely updated, but you can go there too. And those are all at ALS Philadelphia. Uh, so please continue the discussion. Email and t- text us and tweet us any questions you have. And uh, let's get into our topics today. So, Steve, thanks for taking time out here at the end of the year to talk about your story. Well, my name is Stephen Hildebrand. Um, my wife, Heather, has been diagnosed with ALS um, November of uh, 2013. Um, in that, in the year prior to that, we had a uh, two-year-old daughter. Uh, well, we actually had a daughter. She is now three. Um, life is, is very, has changed. Um, we... I mean, my daughter now helps us around the house, helps Heather um, with her daily stuff that she can help with to a point. Um, We have our struggles, um, and we have our good days. We have our bad days. Um, Heather is is doing very well for for what's going on. Um, She now has a a Toby um, eye gaze computer that she can stay in touch with her friends and her family through Facebook and, and emails um, to, to do stuff. And, and we are just uh, living, the, living it day to day and living life to its fullest and thankful she's here every day um, to spend our life with our daughter. Well, you know, we're glad to have Heather. We share the same perspective, and I think that's a perspective that a lot of our ALS families share in different ways. Um, so... I've written about you and Heather, mostly Heather, uh, before. Yes. Um, but people listening might not know that she started feeling symptoms when she was pregnant, correct? Yes. Um, in two months prior to, uh, well, actually, I couldn't say two months prior. Uh, a few months before that, she started falling and, and stuff, and I told her she ought to get to a doctor. And um, we got an appointment with a neurologist here in, in York, where we live, and they told us we ought to go see a, uh, the neurologist down at Johns Hopkins, which is also a place, a very good place for, for ALS patients. And um, they did a battery of tests on her. Um, it took a year for us to get a diagnosis. Um, and the, the doctor that we've seen down there was Dr. Nick Maragakis. And he told us to come up to, to Hershey and see Dr. Simmons. And Dr. Simmons looked over the test results. Um, and diagnosed her, as I said, November of, of 2013. 
um, Heather, when she gave birth, she just really never gave birth to our daughter, just really never regained the, the strength back in her legs. And, and we were, we were really worried about that. And she was really worried because she didn't want to walk up steps where we used to live. We had a flight of steps and, and drop the baby. And, and I understand. And, and if, if it wasn't for the chapter and for, for Hershey, um, I, I don't know where we would be. Um, they're, they're very, very helpful in, in everything that, that they do. Well, I think, you know, some of the things you point out there is that that's why it's important to have good quality patient care everywhere from where Dr. Marigakis is um, outside of our chapter, but he's involved around here too, to York and Hershey and the greater Philadelphia area. You know, we, we care about where people are everywhere. Um, you guys didn't know anything about ALS at that time, right? No, we, we did not know nothing about it. Um, I, I knew it was also known as, as Lou Gehrig's disease and, and from the baseball player, Lou Gehrig, who played for the Yankees. Um, but that's all I really knew. I, I didn't not, we didn't know what, what the disease was about. And after doing a lot of research and, and going to clinic and, and talking to other ALS patients, you, you, you learn a little bit more every day um, about the disease. And it's, it's, it's a never ending, you, you never know enough to, about it. You, you learn a little bit more every day about it and, and what patients go through and, and what my wife was going through. Um, I mean, at first she had full use of her arms, her legs. Um, she was talking fine and, and each day, I can't say each day, but we can notice a, a, tr- a change, um, from her not being able to, to lift a, a fork, um, not being able to use her phone, um, having a hard time talking, um, even having a hard time walking in our home. Um, now we have to help her around in a wheelchair, um, help her to the bathroom, um, get her dressed, um, showered in the morning, even as simple as brushing her teeth. She can't do that no more. So, I mean, it, it's, it's a change, but we, we're, we're living with it and, we're fighting, and, and we will never give up hope that there will be a, a cure for, for this disease. Do you, are those changes easier or harder now that, that you understand the disease? I, I mean, I, I imagine that first year was very terrifying. Um, not that it's not hard no matter what, but are you prepared more for knowing that this thing might come, this might happen, etc.? Yes. Um, after seeing... Um, other patients that when we go to support group in, in Hershey, um, the, the different stages people are in, um, you, you kind of get prepared for, for, for down the road. Um, yeah, it, it's hard to, to imagine what, what can happen. And, and she's pretty much dependent on, on everybody else. And, and I, I know she gets frustrated. She's a, she's a person that wants to do it on her own. And I know she does, but she gets frustrated that that she wants to do it herself, and she she gets upset that other people have to do it for her. Um, and each each step of the each step of the way, um, you you kind of you kind of get into a routine on if you have to be at a place at a certain time, how far in advance you have to get stuff ready to get out the door to get to that place on a certain time. Um, so it, it's a lot of changes, a lot of changes that have to go through, uh, it, even the. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish. 
Now, e- even like to the construction of our house, um, we had to have our bathroom remodeled um, so we can get her into the shower. Um, we had to put a walk-in shower in um, instead of a, a bathtub. So, I mean, and we had to have ramps put on out the outside of the house so she can get her wheelchair into the house and just, just have an open floor plan so she can get around um, in her wheelchair so we can move her around the, the home. Yeah, I'm sure there were a lot of things that you just never anticipated, um, especially when you were at the time planning for a daughter. You weren't planning for all of this. Yes. Um, I mean, she, she gets frustrated. I mean, these days um, she's afraid not she's not going to see her daughter grow up. Um, but I tell her, hey, let's take one day at a time. Don't Don't think about the future right now. Let's take one day at a time and things will work out and we'll figure stuff out and then get stuff fixed. Well, on, on the plus side, she has, you guys have watched your daughter, Elsie, um, grow up a quite a bit, right? And oh, she's, yeah. So, um, th- but their interactions are different than they might be otherwise. Have there been a lot of good moments with the family and Elsie that, you know, hopefully will brighten us up as we end the year here? Yes, there, there have been a lot of bright moments. I mean, just this Halloween, uh, we took Elsie trick-or-treating, and Heather just couldn't stop laughing um, at the costume she was wearing. And she would walk down the street, and she had a tail on, and the tail would waggle back and forth. And and to, to the ALS parties that we just, uh, the, the holiday parties we just went to this year, and and taking Elsie to, to Knoebel's amusement park, and Heather getting to watch Elsie play on the rides and, and run around and and stuff like that, and she, she's enjoying the, the moments right now she has with, with our daughter. And I, I imagine that, you know, in other families, if a child sees someone in a wheelchair, they're confused, or they don't, I mean, it's just natural, but for Elsie, this is normal, right? Yeah, it's, it's completely normal. I mean, she'll even jump up in the wheelchair with Heather and, and have her ride her around. Um, she'll stand on the front of the little footrest and, and ride around with Heather. Um, she even helps, helps her drink her, her, her fluids, her tea and her water. Um, so it's, it's kind of coming natural to Elsie, um, with, with helping out and, and seeing her mother in a wheelchair. And I mean, yes, she has the days where Heather will cry and Elsie will ask her, why are you crying mommy? And, and that kind of cheers Heather up and makes her laugh and she stops crying and, Elsie will run into her bedroom and grab a stuffed animal and say, don't worry, mommy, and, and hand her an animal and, and have her hold her one of her stuffed animals. It's, I mean, Elsie is, is understanding, I think, what's going on to a point. I imagine she's a lot more mature than a lot of other six-year-olds, much less three-year-olds. Yes. Yes, very, very much. So um, you have to take on a lot of roles yourself, and I'm sure that it's easy for a family caregiver to kind of put themselves second, even third or fourth. Um, how do you manage as a family caregiver in those situations? Well, I, I make sure Elsie and, and Heather are fed first. Um, I'll eat my dinner last. If it's cold, it's cold. Uh, there's always a microwave to reheat it back up. Um, I, I work in Baltimore, so I travel every morning from, from York to, to Baltimore and, and work. Um, so it's about a 45-minute to an hour drive for me one way. Um, and then come home in the evening and, and take care of Elsie and take care of Heather. Um, thank God my, my father's here, um, now living with us and he helps during the day. 
Um, so it does relieve a little bit of pressure off my mind that there's someone here with Heather knowing if she needs help, um, if she needs to go to the bathroom or something, that there's someone here to help her. Um, and it just, uh, even to our, to our church, um, they bring us meals every other day um, during the week. And that, that relieves some pressure with me coming home, having to cook dinner. So it, it gives me more time to spend with Heather and to spend with Elsie and, and play with her and, and do stuff instead of coming home, cooking dinner, cleaning up, putting Elsie right to bed. And, and it, it gives us time to, to spend as a family. Well, that's good. I think that, you know, we can only, we can do a lot here at the chapter uh, in terms of programs or tools. I mean, we can provide a wheelchair or we can provide um, technology like we were talking about before the call, but uh, we can't always provide that family network. And I'm sure that's the most valuable thing you can get, especially with a young growing family. Yes, it's, it's the most valuable and, and time, time is what, what, what you got. And, to work with the best you can. So your fam, the, both your families are able to be helpful, correct? Yes. Um, Heather's Heather's mom and dad live an, about an hour north of us. Um, they come down frequently to visit. Um, since Heather has a since Heather's in a wheelchair and, and really can't get into their house very well, so they 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 come to us and visit. A lot of people come to us and visit instead of us going to other people's homes. Because it's just it, it is a little difficult getting Heather into into some of the houses, even though we do have a portable wheelchair that we could get her in. But she kind of feels more comfortable here, and and people, her friends and our family, they they don't mind coming to visit us and coming to our house and and having parties and stuff. I mean, yeah, you do have that occasion where you have to go to their house for a party, but we we manage and and we get her in the house and we get her to the parties so she can enjoy. Um, her family and her friends um, as much as she can. And it sounds like people rallied together pretty quick, and um, I hope that's the case. And you've been around a lot of other ALS families. Have you seen the benefit of people coming together um, beyond yourself even? Well, a lot of her friends, uh, we've, we've done two walks so far for, to help defeat ALS, and, and her, fa her family and friends rallied a lot with us and, and our, our walk team is, is at least 20 to 25 people for the past two years. Um, and we're hoping to grow and, and, and help raise more money and, and her friends and family rally and, and help us do a lot of stuff to, to raise money. Um, even if it's raising money for, for Heather to, to help pay for some medical bills or something, or to, to give to the ALS association of greater Philadelphia to help find a cure for ALS. Um, even other ALS families, we have a couple that live around us, and, and it seems like a very tight-knit community. Um, we talk frequently. Um, we have uh, Joanne and, and Earl Arnold that live not even five minutes from us, and, and we talk often and, and get together. Um, so it, the ALS community, um, it's, it's a very big family. Um, it's a second family to us, and we really appreciate it, and, and we help each other and, and everything, so it's it, it's very touching. Yeah, I see from things that you've posted on Facebook or emailed about or just talking to you at events um, that there seems to be a pretty good uh, network in the York and Hershey area of people, of ALS families that kind of get along together and support each other. Um, 
Am I getting that right? That you guys are kind of lean on each other and take on take on things for each other, give people a break here and there, just you know, provide some friendship. Yes, exactly. I mean, as I said, Julian and Earl Arnold, they live five minutes from us, and, and she calls you up know, asking me questions. I call her asking questions. Um, if Earl has a problem with his wheelchair, if it's something that can be easily fixed, then she asks me, and I'll, I'll fix it, or with his computer. Um, and we, we're, I mean, even with the walks, I mean, we know each other, and we're getting together. Um, just this past year, we had a... Uh, ALS awareness night at the, the York, local York Res baseball team, um, and a lot of patients that have ALS showed up. Um, it, it was very touching to see all the families there um, to, to show awareness and let people know, hey, this disease is out there. Um, let's fight it. Let's let's find a cure. Um, even to the to the ice bucket challenge, um, Tony uh, asked us if if we would head up a, a, a group dump. Um, in front of Hershey Chocolate World, and we did it. And I would love to do it again this year um, to get out there just to show the awareness and, and let people know, hey, this is what what's going on. We need to we, we need to find a cure. And you're looking for a cure. I mean, you started this looking for a cure for Heather, and I'm sure I, obviously she's your top priority. Um, and but now you're looking at that for everyone else as well. So I, you quickly create a see a wider picture on this. Yes, you do. And, and for, for people in the future that, that end up coming down with disease, the, the people that are, have it now are, are, are helping the people in the future. If, if this disease comes to them that they say, Hey, this drug will work. Let's, let's try this. Um, it, it's just, it, it's a big community and, and people prior to Heather even having the disease, um, helping the people now with with the, the certain medications and and equipment and and stuff like that to to help them have a a, a better future with it. Um, when the disease first came out, no one knew what it was or how to even cope with it. Um, people get the disease; they they give them two to five years to live, and and now sometimes it it lasts longer than that. Um, for instance, Stephen Hawking, I mean, he's had it for 25 plus years and he's still fighting. Does it get frustrating or more hopeful knowing, like seeing all these different perspectives? Cause I know on my end working here, I've met so many people with ALS that, um, you know, selfishly I'll see that someone's been doing all right for a while. And I think I, you know, I, I hope that Heather can be like so-and-so, or I hope that they can all have that same thing and. Um, because you see a lot of different back ways that people are facing the disease, and you wish everyone had the best possible, right? Sorry for rumbling. Yeah, I, I, no, no, I, I, I do, I do wish that. I mean, I, I wish Heather could could get up and, and walk around and and talk. I mean, I, I see people at the support group and at, at the walks that some of them can walk um, but can't talk, and then you got other ones that that can't walk and and then can talk. Why? Why is the question is always in your mind, why does disease hit people differently? Um, and it, it, it just gets, it gets frustrating um, knowing that one person can't walk but can talk and, and one person can't talk and walk or, or they have a combination of they, they can't walk nor talk. Um, they, they have to, to use other forms of communication um, to, to get their point across. 
What's what do you think's hardest, the the moving or the talking? Because I mean, for me, it's hard to tell for different people what's hardest to deal with the being not being able to walk or move your arms as much, or uh, to lose your voice. I think seems like a bigger deal to me, but I don't know. I would I would have to say to losing your voice because then you like me and my wife have only been married for five years and if she would lose her voice it it, it would be hard because um, you're used to hearing that person talk to you and then all of a sudden you don't hear their voice no more uh, you're hearing either a, a computer generated voice uh, but we understand there is devices out there that they could um, something called banking words. Um, where when they would put it through the computer, their voice would come back, but it's it's just not the same. Um, I would have to say that definitely the, the voice is is the most hard. Um, yeah, losing your your able to walk and, and pick things up is hard also because then you're depending on someone to to get you from point A to point B or to get you that drink of, of water or drink a soda or, or just a, a drink. Um, knowing that you cannot pick that cup up anymore and and do it yourself. I imagine though that we um, that, you, that it adds a lot of perspective to you in terms of what you do with your own life. It's it can be hard to stress out about things going wrong in this in Steve's day, knowing what's going on with people like Heather and others like her. It it, it is hard. Um, as I said, I mean, with with even with Elsie now growing up with seeing Heather this way, um, Elsie Elsie's even chipping in and, and doing a little bit of here and there for Heather, um, just giving her a, a drink of water or even if I'm busy helping her give her some food um, while she's eating. Um, it, it's 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 really touching seeing. Seeing them, seeing Elsie help, and then even with Heather's friends and family, when when they're over, um, if I'm busy off doing something, they'll they'll pitch in and, and, and help me out. And I, I am so thankful for everybody that helps. It's it's unbelievable. Um, I can't put it into words. It just it's so overwhelming. Well, you and know, said before, with with Elsie, I wouldn't know where I would be. Oh yeah, I understand it. And and with Elsie, and I mean, I'm a new father myself. Um, my son is my my one son is about two, so younger than your daughter. My other one, my other son's two weeks old, so he can't do anything. So let's no. not compare there. But um, <laughs> you know, for for me and for you watching Elsie grow up around um, Heather with uh, all the challenges that she has, what makes you more proud as a father that seeing her learn things and know how to do like to grow and like I'm sure she seems very smart or just seeing the kind of person she's already becoming because I mean to me one of the best things is seeing my son give a hug to someone you know and obviously Elsie's growing up to be a very compassionate caring person from dealing with this yeah um I I see both perspectives I mean with, with her growing up and and helping Heather and then also we're, we're teaching her to, to be thankful to others, to, to when, when someone gives her something, say thank you or, or ask please, or when they, when they leave to give them a hug goodbye. Um, and then on the other perspective, as I said, helping, helping me out around the house, giving Heather a little bit of food if she needs it while she's eating, if I'm doing something or, or giving 
giving her her drink, um, holding her cup there so she can take a sip out of her straw. Um, Elsie's Elsie's growing up very quickly. Um, I mean, I understand she's a kid, and and, and kids are going to be kids sometimes. And but she's she's growing up learning how to, to help others, and and I really appreciate it. It makes me proud to that that she's learning this now. Um, as I said, some kids that if they see a person in a wheelchair, they would know what to think. Um, and we do still get some of the strange looks from people um, when we're riding around and they're like, what's this young person doing in a wheelchair? Um, and you have to explain to them what's going on. Um, even when I go to the grocery store and I have a tattoo on my arm um, that says, uh, let's fight ALS. And people ask me what it's about. And I explain it to them. And, and Elsie's right there and understands what's going on. So, I mean, it's it's very touching to see her grow up the way she is right now. Yeah, but I'm sure Elsie can explain things better than a lot of adults out there. She probably could. With the kids these days with technology and, and stuff, she could probably explain more than, than most adults would know. Uh, but it sounds, you know, you're talking about the community. It sounds like, uh, in general, people are very open-minded. Um I found from working here that the, the general public wants to help and um, and they want to reach out. Uh, have you seen a lot of experience of people wanting to help, not knowing how they can, or um, extending an offering and just they need they just need to know what they can do? Yeah, we, we get a lot of that. We get a lot of how can we help? What can we do? And and I've I'm I'm a land surveyor, so I, I work outside and I I've, I've come across a couple people and. They, they asked to, to give me money or, or something for, for giving them a helping hand with their vehicle or something. And it's like, I, I, I'm like, if, if you really want to do something with, the, with that money, give it to the ALS Association. Pray for a cure. I said, me, I would tell them me and my wife are, are battling this disease. Um, and as soon as they hear that, they ask how old, what's all the, the, the problems. And I tell them, and they're shocked. And, and the other thing I can tell them is, is pray for a cure or just, just take that money and, and give it give it to the ALS Association so they can help find a cure for this disease. Um, and there's a lot of people that ask what they can do. Um, for instance, our, our church, as I said, brings us meals. Um, people that bring the meals to our house um, ask, hey, if you guys ever want to get away and, and you need someone to watch Elsie, we'll be glad to do it. Um so, and and they even ask what what is a lot of people look at you weird when you say ALS, and then as soon as you say Lou Gehrig's disease, they they kind of understand, but then you still have to tell them what what the disease actually is, what ALS is that it it, can, it deteriorates the muscles, um, in the, in the person's body, and they they become pretty much helpful to 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 whomever's around that that can help them. And as a caregiver, I, I'm, I'm supposed to be going away, and, and it's kind of hard um, to have other people come into the house and, and help my wife out when I know I'm the one that's supposed to be doing it. Um, hey, I understand that even as everybody. I understand that even as someone who doesn't have ALS in my house. I mean, just uh, you know, I, I, people come over and help with re, um, you know taking care of my kids, and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to do that, and then, so it is hard to let go and let other people help sometimes. Yes. Yes, it is. It, it's very hard. 
And I mean, as I said, I'm supposed to be going away in July, and and it's still in the back of my mind that I I really don't want to go. Yeah. Because um, I feel that I'm I'm the primary caregiver to Heather, so I should be the one taking care of her, not have someone come into the house and, and take care of her, even though it's going to be her mom and dad um, coming down and doing it. Yeah, I think that's a very common thing. Like I I know that there's a couple times this year I'll be going away, and we like I said we have two kids, and we don't have family around. Um, even though our family is helpful when they are. So I'm like, oh, um, you know, I feel bad about anyone else helping out. But I think that's something we all have to learn is about letting other people help when we when we need it. Yeah, and, and her mom um, keeps telling me to, to, to go and, and have fun. Um, we'll take care of her. Um, and, I, and I know her mom and dad will, and my dad will, and, and friends and, and family will be here to help. But as I said, it's, it's just hard. It, it's hard to have someone else come in and, and do what you're supposed to do. Yeah, you talk about that's probably going to be a little bit of a breather for you, which is important. And yeah. so if you were going to talk to someone about being a family caregiver, whether to a spouse or um, a parent or a child that has ALS, you know, someone you're going to be taking a lot of care of, uh, what lessons would you tell them about it? Would you, t- would you recommend to people, look, take some time for yourself as well? Yeah, take time for yourself. Be patient with with your loved one that that is it has the disease has ALS. Um, yes, it gets frustrating because you want to relax also, um, but realize that that person can't do it for themselves. That you have to help them. Um, just just take the time. Take your um, be patient with them. Um, live live life to its fullest. And, and enjoy why they're here. Is that what they teach but, at the support groups? Uh, you know, I know that you go to the uh, chapter support groups at Hershey, and um, would, do they always stress to make sure you're taking care of yourself as well? Yes, they, they, they want you to, to have the caregiver follow up with, I mean, especially if, if you're doing it for the loved one, to have that person follow up with their family physician to make sure you're all right, to make sure you're, you're healthy and, and you're eating properly. I mean, as I said before, I, I feed Elsie and I feed Heather first before I eat. Um, but they, they stress to, to make sure you stay healthy and and you take time for yourself um, because you need it also. So that would be one thing you want to make sure to teach is, as to a caregiver is being a uh, being patient, taking time for yourself, Um are there things that you would tell people who are going to be a caregiver about how to be how to listen? Because you seem like a pretty good listener. Having to be able to, uh, you know, translate what your wife is saying and needs, and also what your daughter is saying and needs. So you got to listen to all sorts of languages in your house. So. <laughs> yeah, yes, you do. I mean, especially as I said, Heather's um, voice is, is not as strong as it used to be, and and when we're in a noisy room, I, I just tell her, I was like, just just wait till I get closer to you, and you have to kind of. Just listen to every single word she says, and then you can figure it out. It's, it's almost like that baby language where you have to, to to listen to what your child is saying, and, and then you can figure it out. Um, even though there there are speech generating devices out there um, that's, that that help ALS patients when they do lose their voice, but when they still have it, you just have to to listen very carefully. And I I, I translate to a lot of her friends because they have a hard time understanding what she's saying but when you're living with the person and, and you hear them day in and day out you kind of know what they're talking about and what they're trying to say it's almost like a 
I, I guess it's almost like you're on the same wavelength as you're, or you're thinking the same wavelength as, as they're thinking when they're trying to say stuff. Yeah, so you go to let other people know how to listen to it. It's like teaching people a bit of a language there. Um, yes. Now, you've been, so you're kind of, you're, you've become an educator on ALS. You have talked to people at support groups, I know, letting people who are new to ALS understand your perspective more, um, obviously to family and friends. Uh, and you've educated uh, lawmakers, too. You, you've been with us at Advocacy Day in Harrisburg the last couple of years and met with other lawmakers. Um, have you found that rewarding, being able to talk to people who can hopefully make a difference? Yes, I did. We we had a great time at at, um, at the Capitol in Harrisburg, um, talking to the senators and, and legislators um, about about ALS. And and this year, I, I would like to go to the the National Advocacy Day down in in DC and and talk to the, the legislators and representatives and senators down there um, to, to 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 give to give the awareness and and let them know, hey, they're there are people out there fighting and, and we want the hope and we want, we want a cure for this. And we, and the only way we can do that is we have to raise the money, um, for research. Um, and, and just, just learning. I mean, as I said before, you, you learn a little bit each day uh, about this disease. Um, you never stop learning. Um, that's what I tell my boss at work. I, I went into my field of work not knowing nothing, and I learn everything. I learn a little bit more each day. So, uh, and if you've, you hopefully found that the lawmakers, whether they end up voting with us or not, I seem to be pretty open to listening. And I think people understand ALS more than they did back when Heather was first diagnosed. Do you, do you see more education now? Yes, I, I see a lot. And, and the lawmaker, I thanks the lawmakers to, to take the time out of their day to, to listen to us. Um, to say, hey, there there is something out there. Let's let's get this fixed. I mean, it, as I say, it was a great to, to sit a one on one with with the, some of the lawmakers and and get them to understand Heather's situation and and, and have them hear Heather's story um, on what happened and and how she became stricken with this disease. Um, it, it was a great time. I I, I do I, I I recommend anybody. Um, even if you if you don't have a loved one that doesn't have ALS, become an advocate. Go to go to your local senator, your local legislator, and 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 just talk to them and help us raise 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 the awareness for this disease. So now you've been an advocate. You've uh, renovated your home, done a lot there. And so, what are you? Twenty sixteen is coming up. After this gets posted, it's going to be coming out tomorrow. So that's you know this is. We're posting this January, uh, December 31st, um, or December 30th, maybe if I'm pretty quick on this. So <laughs> if you're listening, you're going to be very confused on the time. Um, yeah. But, you know, what what things are you looking forward to doing in 2016 or events that you had a lot of fun at the past that you're hoping to do again? Um, we we are uh, have already signed our walk team up again um, for the, the Hershey Walk, um, trying to to raise some money um, any way we can. Um, one of Heather's friends is doing some um, like thank you cards or, or happy or birthday cards to, to help us raise some funds. Um, we're looking to do a, a wine painting night. Um, her brother, uh, Heather's brother, Justin Challenger is, is uh, heading that up for us. Um, and just, 
just looking forward to, to meeting new people um, and, and helping fellow ALS patients out. Um, the, the new people that come in that, that get diagnosed to, to, to give them a little, little hope that, that there is hope out there, that there will be a cure. Um, I look forward to doing the ice bucket challenge every year. And I've told told my family and friends, Hey, if you want to keep nominating me to dump water on my head, Hey, I will do it. I will do it until they find the cure. Um, just all, all the, the fundraisers that, that go on throughout the year with, with, uh, the greater Philadelphia chapter. Um, I look forward to, to meeting everybody and keeping hope alive. Well, I, I think that the ice bucket challenge, um, has become more than just about the ice bucket. It's about really the challenge of making sure everyone else gets involved, right? Like you can dump all yeah. the water on your head, but it's mostly about, you know, getting the energy to keep moving on the, on the cause. Yeah. The, getting the other people to, to, to join in and, and donate the money. Um, we're still waiting for Governor Governor Tom Wolf to, to dump that water on his head. Well, he did it the one um, time. <laughs> we got a lot <laughs> of people the wrong. first year. Um, yes. So we got all the governors from the states around us because we have Delaware and New Jersey too. The all all three of the governors have done the ice bucket challenge at least once, and um, most of the senators have done it from our area and other people as well. It's just uh, you know it just. More so than having them do it, we need them to support us on advocacy levels. Yes, yes, they do. Um, to to get, put put the money in the budget to to help 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 us with research. Um, we we can do what we can do, but we also need the help of of the legislative and and the governor and and the house. Well, now and that's on the state level and also national. Um, yes. But but you mentioned research, and we can probably end on this topic. Um, I know that. Dr. Zach Simmons and the Hershey team are really embarking on some exciting research things in 2016. A lot of programs, and they're even going out beyond the Hershey area to recruit more people with ALS from our service area to be part of trials, whether it's um, brain-computer interface and uh, whether it's clinical trials or studies on mindfulness. So you guys go to the Hershey Clinic. Um, what have you seen there in terms of what Dr. Simmons and the people at Hershey are doing in terms of research? They, they do a lot of research. Um, they ask Heather every time when she's there if, if there's a um, – let, let us know when, when a particular trial or, or something is coming up if Heather wants to, to participate. In, and Heather's willing to do anything um, to, to, help, to help find something that will help this disease and, and Heather's um, got a healthcare background. So does she find some of the research not only good for ALS, but does she find a lot of interest in what's going on? Yes, she does. Um, she was a, a micro. She worked in the microbiology lab at York Hospital. Um, so uh, even a lot of her friends um, even look for articles and, and let her know about stuff. Um, she she even taught the, the new incoming lab students um, before she had to depart from her job because of because of ALS um, but she does find it very very interesting and um, so hopefully it's hopeful to you seeing what's happening at the clinic and I think that Sue Walsh and the nurses and social workers there are also very involved in uh, promoting research right yes they are and and if it wasn't for Sue and Judy and Maureen and, and everyone there at the Hershey Clinic um, I don't know where everyone would be. Um, it, 
they help out tremendously. Well, we like hearing good things about them. Sue always likes when we say good things about Sue Walsh. It's, um... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, we're going to be starting 2016, and I know that you've been to Hot Chocolate before. Uh, so, yep. want to let people know to look out for Hot Chocolate emails. It's at Adventure Aquarium in New Jersey. So, sign up for that on our website, alsphiladelphia.org. And uh, we will be there again this year. Well, of course you will. Um, and the Hildebrands are involved in the walk to defeat ALS. With And what's your team name? Uh, the team name for Heather is Team Durr, and it came from her brother. That's because he used to call her Durr, right? Yes. Yes, when they were growing up, uh, her brother could not say her name, Heather, so they, he would call her Durr. And it is stuck throughout the family. Even some of her friends to this day that she worked with call her Durr. Well, there's a lot worse things to be called, I'm sure. <laughs> Yes, there is. Uh, so if they're already signed up for a 2016 walk, there's an Hershey. Uh, so we encourage you to join a walk to defeat ALS. And that you can do that at ALSphiladelphia.org or at, um, what do you call it, at GPC, walk to defeat ALS.org. And you guys are involved. You are on Facebook all the time. I look at something, I'm looking at something offensive you posted earlier today. <laughs> Uh, making fun of the Steelers, which is not not nice, as my son would say. Um, hey, if, even though the Ravens had a very bad season, we won the most two important games of the whole year. That's no, no, we no, no. We're, we're, we're not going to say nice things about the Ravens. They're, they're bad people. Um, unless they're going to give us money, then they're great. Um, they're wonderful. So, uh, but Well, actually, I do, I do have an autographed copy of, of Steve Smith that I would like to auction off. Well, do um, it. To raffle off. Do it. Support the so, use it to walk to defeat yeah. ALS. Um, yes, that's what the money is going towards. So, and again, the the Hilda Brands will be involved in advocacy this May and June. So get involved with that. You can email me Tony at alsphiladelphia.org to learn more. Uh, and there's the annual luncheon that you know, will be coming up next year as we do it annually. Um, but we don't have the details on that yet. That'll always be exciting. Uh, so the Hilda Brands are very involved in lots of things. Um, oh, I said you're involved. You you're sharing things on Facebook. You'd, you'd encourage everybody to get online and, and spread awareness through Facebook and Twitter and whatever yeah. format they have. Um, you can get a lot of education that way, and it doesn't cost any money. No, it doesn't. Not, not, a, not a dime. So continue to share our posts and share information about ALS and the ALS Association that way. And look for more stories, because the story of Heather and Steve is a powerful one that um, has certainly made a difference and will continue to make a difference uh, in, in the year, to, year ahead. So, so Steve, thanks for sharing a little bit of your time today. Thank you very much, Tony, and, and I look forward to, to all, all what's coming up in 2016. Me too. I look, um, have a good and happy New Year this week. You do the same, Tony. Thanks a lot. I'll talk to you soon. All righty.